0: Hey, there are two ways to support this podcast, and if you do like us, we we just ask so sincerely and nicely, please do. Number one, leave us a rating. It's super helpful with a small podcast like this to get it in front of more people's eyeballs, and that only happens if the algorithms kick in. And when you rate something five stars, it really helps us out because it gets the podcast in front of people like us, which is great. The second way is through affiliate marketing. There's really not a lot of ways to make money on podcasts. We're not big enough. We will never be big enough to make money from ad revenue, but we can make money. The next time you're going to go buy a bat, look in our descriptions of our podcast. If you found it useful, click on one of our partners and go check the prices. Look, it's all, it's all the big names, Amazon, Dick's Sporting Goods, and Wilson and Easton and Rawlings, you you name it. There's probably a link down there you can go find and check out their price. We're not saying overpay for it. If you can find it for a cheaper price somewhere else, wonderful, but we don't, it doesn't cost you anymore, uh, but it does throw a couple bucks our way in the event you use our link and you go to that website and you end up buying it. Uh, it's called affiliate marketing. It's been around for a long time. You can read more about those disclaimers on our site. But anyways, if you want to support us, that's how you do it. We love the support. Uh, we love the encouragement for us to keep going on these. And that is the way that we are going to have to make it work. All right. Keep rocking. Thanks. Welcome to the 32nd episode of Bat Digest, the podcast. Today we speak with Jake from Louisville Slugger as well as Chad who runs the Louisville Slugger Hitting Lab out of Louisville, Kentucky. This is a new lab that opened the beginning of 2022 built specifically to fit hitters to bats through some diagnostics and some metrics that honestly kind of blow our mind and I wish we could wrap our head around it a little bit more about what actually happens. Apparently they're going out to 200 different sites this year. You can also, if you live close to Louisville, you can go to this place. We would love to see it and sort of visualize what. Wait, what are you doing? But it's crazy the stuff they talk about, and we hope you enjoy it. So let's dive right in. Chad and Jake, welcome to the podcast. Glad you could make it. Chad, where does this podcast find you? Uh, good.
1: We are in Louisville, Kentucky today.
0: Is, it, is that and that's the home uh, of Norton Sports Performance Lab?
1: We are in the home of the Louisville Slugger Hitting Science Center and the Norton Norton Sports Performance.
0: All right, t- tell us what is that? What what is the Norton Sports Performance Lab?
1: Uh, so Norton Sports Performance is effectively we are a multi-purpose, uh, multi-sport training facility. Uh, we house you know everybody from eight-year-old kids all the way up all way up to eighty-one-year-old athletes, uh, and with with professional college and also very elite level high school kids that come and train with us as well. Um, but we, we share this facility. Uh, obviously the Louisville slugger hitting science center is our marquee, uh, part of our property. And it's, uh, it's what has been drawn a lot of people to our place. And, and, and we're very proud to be partnered with Louisville slugger and Wilson. I'm actually the, the co-founder and, and
2: owner of Louisville slugger hitting science center. And I'm a minority owner of Norton sport performance.
0: Jake, where, where, where are you at today?
2: Uh, I am at Wilson Headquarters uh, up here in the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois.
0: Love it. Where? What's So what's the connection here? Help us understand why we have both of you on this call. Uh,
2: as the marketing manager for Louisville Slugger is to obviously partner with Chad um, and help spread the word about all the cutting-edge innovation and just the marriage of technology and 140 years' experience of, of building and perfecting bats. Uh, just help them tell that story and reach as many players as possible.
0: Chad, if someone shows up, how, how does it work? Do they do they schedule this online? I and mean, t- tell us what is happening that's uh, interesting enough to have a podcast about?
1: Well, I mean, it's awesome. It's it's a great product uh, from the standpoint that we've got. Effectively, like today, we had, uh, we had a minor leaguer in here, uh, Alec Thomas, uh, with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So he, he comes in, we get contacted either through his agent or by him through the, through the website. Uh, and then what we're able to do is the player will come in, we do a, a workup. We do five different panels of the workup. Number one is neurocognitive function, which is reaction time, and also visual acuity, uh, so we'll do a vision test on them. We'll do a brain scan, which is an a EE, abbreviated EEG study looking at the different brain waves, the alpha, the beta, and the theta waves. Uh, we look at the alpha waves, the waves which is more like the fast-twitch-type uh, brain waves. We look at the beta waves, which are like the big push-pull movers, and then the theta rhythm waves, which are the, the timing and cadence waves. So then we take that data, we comprise that with physical measurements and evaluations to find out, you know, whether they're top end dominant, bottom hand dominant, uh, where their balance is at, how their, how their rotations look, how they're, how they're, uh, basically they, they function from a measurable and a mobility perspective. Uh, we put them on pressure mats. We look at kinematic sequencing through, uh, interactions, which is our platform that is a biomarker based system, uh, that recreates and creates an endoskeleton for the player. We take all those data points and we put it into an equation. And then we're able to look at nine different points of the bat and then individually customize through a medically integrated approach. What is the best bat for them? You know, so if we think we truly look at what a baseball bat is, it's a a vehicle to transfer kinetic energy. And so we want to give the player the most effective and most uh, efficient way. Uh, of evaluating what bad is best for them, uh, not only from a primary perspective, which means early on in the season, your first 40 games, but at what point in time, based upon your brainwaves, based upon what you're doing in the batter's box, and most importantly, what your endurance and power levels look like, what's it look like at game 30, what's it look like at game 90, what's it look like at game 162 if you're, if you're uh, playing at the major league level. And Also, we try to look at from a longevity and also an injury and an endurance perspective. You know, we've taken a really deep dive into bat knobs and how does the, how does the, the flare of the bat, how does the grip of the bat impact you know, injuries such as the, as the handmade fracture or a TFCC injury, uh, and how does a end-loaded bat impact the ability for a player to maintain exit velocity and also use the laws of physics to have the best possible advantage and optimize their careers.
0: I don't even know what question to ask Chad, but maybe I'll tr- let me try this. Are are you able to do it predictive or or is it more after trial and error we see how the results look after they hit?
1: And So it's it's a combination of both. The answer is – I always like saying the answer is yes. So not to sound too much like a smart aleck, but you know, the, the the cool thing about this is is my background and how I got into this is I was a college baseball coach before I got into in the medical device sales and for the last nineteen years of my life, I have been in orthopedic and neurosurgery so I have segments of, of of medical device sales. So I've developed and designed medical devices, medical implants. And if you look at the basic fundamental principles of how you do a total joint or the basic fundamentals of how you do spine surgery, what we're trying to do is we're actually aligning how do how do we how do we take physics and how do we take the bat? And if you look at, you know, and, and one of the things that drives Kevin Erhan nuts, who's our, who is Louisville Slugger's, you know, director of professional bats, he's like, this is nothing like golf fitting. Uh, it's not like golf club fitting. And, and he is, he's to a point, he's right. Uh, because baseball bats and the swing mechanics and the biomechanics, they are similar to golf, but they're not the same. And, but if we take a look at number one ratios and in, in neurocognitive function in golf, you're hitting a steel ball on a tee. In baseball, you've got to have swing plane efficiencies. You've got to have uh, on plane efficiencies. You've got to have how does how does a person's direct pathology and anatomy factor into are they leaking out the backside or are they leaking out the front side? Are they coming through uh, if they're top hand dominant? You know, if we look at their zone of contact, you know, if we look at somebody who's extremely top hand dominant on their internal rotational scores, we know they're going to be in and out of the zone a heck of a lot faster. Than somebody who's, who's lead arm dominant. And so those are all the things that we know from a both uh, an anecdotal perspective of studying orthopedics to all the way to a science based perspective and studying physics. We know that certain parameters and certain things, you know, using Ted, Ted Williams' analogy, the most difficult thing in the world is, is taking a round bat and a round ball and hitting a square. Well, we know based upon physics and, and laws of physics. We've got to take certain parameters of the human body, and what's neat with movable Slugger is we can boil that down to nine points. How does the 12-inch mark interact with the 15-inch mark of the bat, and how does that taper ratio directly correlate to the player's ability to have reaction time? So if you take the average reaction time of 380 milliseconds, well, we know that somebody who has a, a far superior reaction time ideally he's going to be quicker at getting that bat or she is going to be quicker at getting that bat into the zone just because they're able to make an early judgment. However, somebody who's slower, well, we actually need to send that out because they're to be able to catch up in that reaction time and achieve the same width as somebody that has a, has a superior reaction time. We're going to, have to send out that paper, which then therefore we're going to have to, we're going to have a, a higher rate to higher incidence of the bat breakage. So the faster the reaction time, the more the thicker the paper, i.e. The, the bigger the barrel, and also off of some physical outputs such as vertical uh, vertical jump and, and true power outputs. now all of a sudden we're able to take all these measurements, put them together, like I said, in nine different components of that bat. And we're also to take you know, we're, and we're also able to look at different movement patterns and efficiencies of movement, correlate that, translate that out, now all of a sudden we're able to truly optimize that player. You know, if you think about what we do in the strength and conditioning world, you know we can go out and I use this analogy all the time. I can make Ivan Drago from Rocky IV. It's easy. I do it all day long. I do it every day through nutrition, through strength and conditioning, through uh, just optimization and performance and neurocognitive function. I can do that all day long. However, if I can't get that player to respond or react from a neurocognitive function perspective then it's all for naught. And that translates directly to how a bat how a bat swings players' uh, pitch selection, players' um, ability to react to a different ball in the zone, players' reaction time in the zone. And, and, and like I said, to just going down that rabbit hole, it's, uh, it's actually a lot easier to conform those measurements into uh, outputs on a bat.
0: What kind of access – I suspect most people who listen to this podcast and read our website – they're clearly very interested in bats. They like science. They're, they're generally uh, pretty smart about these things, at least they like to think about them. What kind of access do they have? If, let's say, they have a a fourteen year old who they think is good and would like to do this, like how how does that even work? Is it even open to the public?
1: Absolutely. You know, that's one of the greatest things that you know. One of the things that Jake is phenomenal at is Jake's a great marketing guy. And so for us, you know, we've got two different divisions of our company. Uh, we've got, number one, our brick-and-mortar structure, which we we affectionately we want to make this like the Disneyland of bats. We want people to come in here and experience, be able to try it, taste, touch, feel it, uh, be able to, to sample a bat and, and go at it, and, and, and we'll truly give a 12-year-old the same experience that we give a major leaguer because that's, that's the access that we want to give kids. But what the cool part of this is we're also out on the road. We'll do 200 dates this year. You know, across the United States in a grassroots effort of being the educational instructional arm of Louisville Slugger, uh, going out. And our camps and our evaluation process are exactly like what we're doing here in, inside of our brick-and-mortar structure. It's just, it's just not the bells. It's not as fancy, uh, obviously, because we don't have all the technology we here have locally. But if you do see a Louisville Slugger hitting science center camp, you're going to be able to have access to a scientific
2: backfitting you know speaking to what chad said every player wants to swing a bat that feels good and you know that's when it when your equipment functions as an extension of you as a player that's a win but what chad's been able to do is really give you know Mary's science and technology to you know just he's taking the game to just a totally different level it's so much more than just moving weight up and down a barrel like you said, between all those points on the bat, it is literally down to the millimeter. We're able to pair players with the right bats. And then even on the you know on the performance side, with college, high school, travel ball players, making sure that they're swinging. We have some of the best engineers in the world who design our performance bats for baseball and fast pitch. And Chad's really able to make sure that we have some of the best technology in the world in our bats, but making sure the players are swinging the right one that's designed for them that's what he's able to do, both at Louisville and in these 200 uh, stops around the country throughout the year. So it's really just it, it's elevating
0: the, the marriage between player and equipment in a way that's just really never been done. Uh, I have a 15 year old right now who's a uh, who's a sophomore. Good player, hits the ball well, left handed. Can he he can rake, but he's also not done growing. Not not even close to done is, is my guess. Mm-hmm. I suspect over the next six, eight, twelve, eighteen months, he's going to look just much different. I, I assume these these points, or maybe not, these points that, that a place like the performance lab there would, would measure are probably going to adjust. What would you say to the dad who says, yeah, that would be really fun to go to this really cool hitting lab and see all these metrics, but the truth is over the next 18 months... Or, or twelve or twelve weeks, or honestly, maybe two days. The kid's gonna, you know, wake up tomorrow and ha- and have grown two inches, and it's all gonna be off. I, I, I guess I'm saying you you talked about golf a little bit earlier. It seems like with golf, you can fit a 40 year old with a swing, a driver, and that's probably gonna work for him for for years because his body doesn't change much and he's he's about what he is. But but that isn't the case when we fit a bat to say a 12 year old or a 15 year old. What expectations do you set? I guess. For, for someone who walks into the lab, who you look at and you think, yeah, in the next two years, you're going to look like a different kid. How do we still use the metrics today to be useful uh, other than saying, hey, come back in six months?
1: What's so cool about what you just described is actually the performance process in a nutshell. Ideally, if I do my job as a, strength, as a, as a performance coach and a strength coach and, and also a baseball optimization coach, I need to, you need to be changing your bat twice a season. You know, because, number one, we want to find your baseline data. That's the first and foremost thing we need to find out. Number one, we need to find out where your balance points are at. We need to find out what your true center is. So if you come fresh in, you know, if you recognize and really understand the seasonality of baseball, and that's the thing that we really, really, really do preach. You know, one of the things that, that, that drives me nuts and really has taken me down this path is we have so many freaking what I call you know, basically uh, showcase players now you know, people have truly lost the ability to have baseball acumen. And so what we're trying to do is we want people to understand that you are going to get tired through the course of the season. You know, we did a study. Uh, we, did, we were in front of about uh, 3,200 girls last year. And of the 3,200 softball players that we worked with, uh, roughly 980 of those players were of 11-year-old age group. The average 11-year-old travel softball player plays 94 games a year there's absolutely no way that you should be using the same bat to start the season as you do to finish the season if you want to maintain the same level of bat speed because you're going to be tired, you're going to be beaten down. If you look at the at the workload management of those kids, their bat speed is going to decrease roughly anywhere between 14 to 22% over the course of that year. Now, once you cross that 70 game mark, I mean, you're dragging. That's that's the literally the dog days of summer. And so it's okay to admit that you're you're going to have to barrel down, but you have to understand what your baseline is before number one, you can you can accurately assess uh, what bat you need. Number two, you need a baseline to build your performance programming off of. You know, if we look at that season, April one until August, or I'm sorry, April one until October one, that's your season now. You know, that's us kids, that's an average travel player season for your age. And once October one hits, from October one to October fifteen, that's a recovery period. Those kids need to be shut down completely. Don't touch a bat, don't look at one, don't even think, don't even think about it. Once October fifteen hits, now all of a sudden from October fifteen to January fifteen, we're trying to get bigger, faster, stronger. We're using those baseline and those data points that we, we acquired that year before to develop our programming. So now all of a sudden we're optimized. We are bigger, we're the we're the biggest, we're the fastest, we're the strongest. We're gonna be for the entire year. Coming in January 15th and once January 15 hits, from January 15 until April 1, we're working on technique, timing, and 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 movement efficiencies. So now we know going in uh, uh, April 1, that's our start bat. So once we have that baseline at April 1, then all of a sudden we can make projections around through the weight room and also through uh, our understanding of RMRs and VO2 max and all that kind of stuff that we can program in. So then. Once we're about halfway through the season, we know that if we're using a drop three, if we're using a drop 12, whatever you're using, we're going to have to make an adjustment either due to length or we're at, or MOI point. You know, that's something too. And also we have to respect injuries. You know, if you've got a kid that potentially has a uh, – I've got a great story for you. I have a uh, Florida Marlin A guy in here that hit, had the worst season of his life last year. And we started looking at his heat maps. And what we found was that, was that when he hit, he was hitting 146 when he chased balls on the outer third. Well, that's what his, his hitting coordinator was trying to have him do. Well, physiologically, his top hand and his internal rotational scores on his right arm, he's a, he's a right-handed hitter, was a 53, which means that he's very, very, very strong. But his external rotational score on his lead arm was a twenty-seven, and what it turns out is he actually had a torn labrum, a torn posterior labrum on his left shoulder, which was dramatically impacting his ability to get to, to get the bat barrel through the zone with his top hand or with his, with his front hand. So he became an extreme pull hitter. And so I was like, man, I'm like, why are you chasing balls away when we know that your strong suit balls, that, you know, from an exit below perspective, exit below through our numbers on the outer third. you're like 68 to 74 miles an hour balls on the inner third you're 88 to 93 miles an hour what are you doing and so those are all things that you've got to accommodate and adjust for and respect that seasonality of the game so to go back long story short on your bat you're going to have if you are truly getting after it and you're truly going to play as a parent as a player as a coach what have you you need to set the expectation for your, for your player that if they truly want to perform at an elite level, you have to be willing to move and you have to be willing to be open-minded enough to accept there's going to be parts of the season that you've got to barrel down or adjust that length or adjust that MOI or balance point to accommodate your optimization and your performance programming.
0: To end us up here, I have what I like to call the nine-inning rapid-fire questions. You can't think about the question. You just got to answer it. No, there's no no hum, hemming and hawing here. you got to just answer it. You, uh, you want to start, Chad? We'll just alternate. we got nine, so you're going sure. to get it doubled up. Okay, you guys ready? Absolutely. Chad, what bat did you use in high school?
1: I actually used a black and white TPX Louisville Slugger.
0: Go Slugger. Jake, A2000 or A2K? Oh, A2000 all day. Chad, the select power or the meta power? What do you use? Uh, select. Uh, Jake. What's the best bat you think too few people know about?
2: Oh, too few people know about. Probably Omaha. It gets swung a ton in college, but for whatever reason, people gravitate towards meta and select power, but Omaha packs a punch.
0: I agree with you. That's, that's a great answer. I uh, a,
2: actually, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you something I
1: know we're in this round. We did a study in Omaha, actually outperformed the meta by
0: 5.4 miles per hour with guys that swung over 81 miles per hour off that's that's a great stat. Uh, anyways, this is the this is the speed round. I'm not supposed to make comments. Great bat. I'm moving on. Yeah. Number 5, Chad, what attribute or what one attribute do you see in the best hitters you work with?
1: Uh use of ground force power.
0: Jake, how soon until we see another certification standard change, something like USA?
2: That is a good question. Not nothing on on the radar quite yet.
0: Chad, what's the best bat advice you got?
2: Yeah. Number one, I would
1: say feel comfortable and, and try to try to use as big a barrel as you can.
0: Jake, what's the best hitting tip for someone listening to this?
2: Swing a Louisville slugger. Come on now.
0: All right. Hey, uh, the, and the ninth one's a real softball, which is uh, let's say someone's on the fence and they think maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't go and try, try this thing out. Maybe it's a, a commitment or a drive for them. Give us your... Uh, Give us your your uh, your best pitch in terms of your elevator pitch for us to show up. What
1: if I told you that you were two inches away from succeeding and achieving all of your dreams? Because that's how
2: close you are if you have the pro- best properly fit bat.
0: Love it, Jake. Got any final words for us?
2: Yeah, I mean, stop by the Hitting Science Center. Like Chad said, it, it's open to the public. We want to we want to pair as many players as we can with the right bat, help them elevate their game. We've been building bats for almost a century and a half. So between all those generations of bat knowledge and the cutting edge technology and science that Chad and his
0: team brings, it's really something special and it's definitely worth checking out. Jake has worked in baseball for more than a decade and has spent the last four years based out of Chicago working for Wilson and Louisville Slugger. Chad, a 2002 Slippery Rock University graduate with a degree in sports management, works with players as part of his sports performance practice. Chad is the founder of Louisville Slugger Hitting Science Center that opened in January of 2022. Gentlemen, thank you for your time. That was fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. I'd love to come on anytime you need me. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. If you want to learn more about that, go to sluggerscience.com. That's sluggerscience.com. I think that's where you sign up. If you live in the area, you can go to the Hitting Science Center. If they come to your city and you see some sort of hitting lab, some Louisville Slugger hitting lab, go. Please go. Let us know. We would love to hear. Hopefully they come to Salt Lake at some point, but we will be all over that place. Be super interesting to see how they can take all of this data, these data points into you know a serious 11, 12, 13-year-old and see how translatable it is to a bat. Or after they swing, they're like, yeah, you need the... You need the meta or, you know, whatever it is. I'm I'm interested to see that process, but it's super fun to see them pushing the envelope and trying to find a way to be useful and get kids the right bat the first time. Anyways, super fascinating. We hope that's helpful. And the season is upon us. It is officially President's Day weekend. We feel like it's, uh, it's time to rock and roll, folks. If you haven't dusted off those bats just yet, get them out, clean them up, and let's get cranking. Expect a Mound Visit episode on Tuesday. Have a good weekend. Peace.